0: Welcome to What She Said, my name is Candace Sampson, and when I first took over What She Said in January 2020, I jokingly asked in the intro, what could possibly go wrong? And then 2020 said, let me show you. My life has been a country song ever since, but then again, so is everyone else's right now. Thankfully, through this podcast, I get to meet the most amazing women in Canada and around the globe and share their stories with you. What she said is here to talk about anything and everything under the sun as interpreted by and through the perspective of women, because honestly, we've heard what he said for long enough. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Today's show is coming right up. Since leaving my marriage two years ago, I think about being single a lot. I constantly weigh the pros and cons of being in a relationship in a way I never even considered before. In retrospect, it's also made me question why I ever wanted to be married in the first place. Looking back, it never occurred to me that I could have a full, rich life unless I was half of a couple. That type of existence never seemed like a viable option to me, mostly because I never saw it modeled. Let's face it, we live in a couple-oriented culture and I, and most of us, knew no different. My next guest has always been single, by choice, and when she was diagnosed with cancer and felt that the healthcare system tried to kill her because of her marital status, she started to research and write about being single in a society that tells us being in a relationship is the only way to be truly fulfilled. Meet Joan Del Welcome to the show, Joan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, this is a topic that just absolutely fascinates me. Uh, you know, I am two years uh, post uh, leaving my marriage, and so I'm, you know, single. And uh, I, think, I, think, I think about being single a lot in terms of, you know, it is at this point in my life, I feel like it's a trade, right? Do I want a relationship? Or do I want to give up these things to be back in a relationship? And so, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that, on sort of this rise in, in women being single? I know what you mean. Now, I'm obviously much older than you are, I'm 73.
1: So in my generation, for a woman to say, I do not see myself as a wife and mother, was uh, like saying, I think I'm a, a cat. Um, What you said though reminded me of something I kept, because there was so much pressure to marry. Now, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, so uh, the marriage age in the United States at that time was the lowest it's ever been in history. I think it was uh, the age of first marriage was something like 20 for women and 22 for men, and the, the pressure was enormous. So I did not say I don't ever want to get married. I'm not sure I even thought it through, but I kept putting it off. So I have to finish college. Well, I have to finish graduate school because it's so hard to get two jobs in the same place. Well, I need to get my job first. Well, then I was in my maybe early to mid-30s, had my job here at the University of Delaware, and exactly what you just said. It was a question, do I want to trade what I have for what a relationship would mean? And because there was so much pressure then, by now it was the around the early 80s, um, I actually went to a psychologist, and that was the topic. There must be something wrong with me because I am not interested in marrying. So we talked about it, and the breakthrough came at a point when she said to me, this was a married woman with children, but open-minded. So she said to me, what kind of a man would you want to marry if you did marry? We had already established, there was no question, I'm cisgender, I'm heterosexual. If I married, it would be a man. And I said, well, I would like someone who loves his job and uh, does a lot of volunteer work in the community and is active in sports. And she said, so you want someone who'd be an interesting companion? I said, no, I want someone who'd never be home. Actually, wasn't joking the psychologist got this kind of deer-in-the-headlights look and what she said was I did not see that one coming but we finally concluded it you used exactly the right word it would have been a trade I wasn't starting from scratch to build a life together the way my parents did They, they started dating in high school they were a couple their whole adult life I wasn't in that position I was in my 30s I had a PhD I had a job I had a friends, home, uh, interests, travel. I just was not interested in trading.
0: And, you know, I get the impression that you did not need a partner to feel as a whole person. No, I think that's part of it.
1: Because of my age, I'm able to compare two time periods, one when virtually all women were partnered up by the time they were 20 or so. But as you said, that's changing. And teaching college was great because I get to see, I still actually, I'm going to be teaching again in the fall. I still go in and teach now and then. So you get to see the younger people now and how things are now. And I think what's happening is it's becoming less unusual. For my generation, it was unusual for a woman to have established herself and then ask, do I want a spouse? It used to be that you started off with a spouse and then decided, did you want to leave them?
0: Yeah. Which so, is what's happening to, you know, I'm i uh, I'm Jen, I'm Jen X and you know, a lot of uh, people in my age group now, their marriages are breaking down. Their first marriage, their children are growing up and leaving the home. They're looking at the person across from them thinking, I do not want to look at this person for another 50 years or 40 years and they're leaving. Uh, and then the question becomes, well, am I happier alone or with somebody? Uh, and you know, um, so it is a, it's a big moment, I think to to face that, because I think in our culture, and we, you know uh, we tend to look at people who are single as uh, lonely or somehow missing something in their life, and you say that's just not the case it's not necessarily if you think about it, the way we talk about marriage and single
1: life is really a double standard um, if somebody says I'm so happy being single. I love being single. I can tell you from experience, one of the first things you're going to hear is, well, what about those poor, lonely people? They're uh, committing suicide. They have no one. They're so desolate. And yet, if a married person says, I'm so happy in my marriage, we're having this great anniversary party, nobody says, well, what about all the victims of domestic abuse? We can't take our eyes off them for a moment. Our culture has a subtext that's really unconscious that marriage equals happy, and single equals unhappy, and people get uncomfortable. I know people who are single who say when they talk about how happy they are, their married friends become really uncomfortable with that. It's not something you expect to hear.
0: Oh, yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, uh, that happens, you know, uh, particularly for women um, who get divorced, you know, uh, they all of a sudden are sort of this outcast with the group of friends that you know they had established through their marriage because they're no longer um, in a relationship. And it, it can be disorienting because it means that you now have to go out and find a new uh, cohort. And, and that's, so, exactly the, yeah. that's exactly
1: the difference. If you look at the research on older people, people like me who have always been single have the infrastructure already built up. People who are recently widowed are the ones who have the most problems. That's what you're describing. You had a life set up in a certain way, and now you have to think in terms of how do I get the equivalent, but as a new life. Whereas for someone like me, it's been established for decades. Uh, when If I become sick, which fortunately doesn't happen often, but I already have the infrastructure to deal with that. Whereas someone who's not used to being by themselves will panic. What do I do? I'm sick. Because they, they have not, Had the experience of thinking beyond having a partner handle it
0: right and so uh, do are there you know I guess I guess the question is if women find themselves in this position where they're suddenly single and you know what who should they turn to sort of what should they be doing to um, look at this new area of their life because I feel a lot of women probably hit the panic button fall into a relationship with somebody uh, and then, you know, do it all over again. So what, what would be your recommendations? That actually comes up a lot. There's a Facebook group called um,
1: Community, of Sing- uh, yeah, Community of Single People. It was started by Bella DiPaolo, who's a psychologist who pioneered the scientific study of single life. Uh, she's now at University of California, Santa Barbara, as a, a research associate there. I think there's something like 5,000 people on this, in this Facebook group. And it's a combination of some of us who've always been single and are single by choice. There are people who were in relationships and now are delighted to be single. And there are people who are single and aren't quite sure if they still want to be. And the conversations there are great. So one answer to your question is reaching out uh, either within your personal life. As I said, I went and talked to a psychologist when I was trying to figure out how to make this work. Um, there are, there's a group called Fairness for Single People on Facebook. And also, m- many more things are done today that are not necessarily done in partnerships. I belong to several clubs where even the people who are married show up as individuals. They don't show up as couples.
0: So let's talk about an arrangement then, that I think is, is unique. You know, I think about Oprah Winfrey and Stedman Graham, for example, long-term uh, romantic relationship have never lived together. So, would we define Oprah as single because she's independent and has her own space, or is she in a relationship? I personally would be inclined to let Oprah define
1: herself any way she wants to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but you know, it's curious to me because I think that there are perks to being single. You know, that, again, and, and so I think she's not, she doesn't have to compromise on those things. And lots of women may, may be choosing that later in life. You're actually hitting on a bigger issue here that also happens
1: with sexual orientation. We tend to think in binaries. Are you single or are you in a relationship? We tend to think, are you heterosexual or homosexual? And I think we're learning that it's really a continuum. It's not binaries. So Oprah Winfrey is a good example of... To, and I'm so happy to see this happening. Today, people have so many choices of what kind of a lifestyle they can have. I know an older woman who was divorced, she remarried, but she and her husband, were, her new husband, were both used to a good deal of independence. And they also had enough money to do this. They bought side-by-side condominiums. So each of them had their own condominium. And they didn't even have a connecting door. They had to go outside and around and into the other one's house. Uh, Bella De Palo, I was talking about a moment ago, has a book out recently called The Way We Live Now. And it's all different uh, people living in community situations where each person has their own house, but they agree to uh, share with each other. There are commune type things. So I, I think anymore the answer to the question, what is the specific label for something,
0: would be what is the importance of giving it a specific label? Right. Why does it matter as long as you're, you're happy and pursuing your, your truth, correct?
1: And defining, it's the same thing as people who prefer to be called by their first name or their middle name or whatever. Um, the notion, especially with women, the idea that every single woman on the planet wants the same thing, we all want a husband, we all want children, is absurd on the face of it. So it makes sense to think in terms of that variety of all the different ways people can experiment and people change in their lives. Oprah Winfrey could get married next week or they could separate. People's lives don't stay fixed in one place the way, um, the culture sometimes thinks that they should.
0: So what led you to, um, to write about this and your interest in this, um, uh, as a cultural phenomenon, really this whole single woman thing. It basically happened when they tried to kill me.
1: Uh, that got my attention. What happened was I had been single my whole life, and I was lucky in the sense that I lived on university campus. I didn't live on campus, but I, I worked around university campuses where people tend to be more accepting of a wider variety of lifestyles. But I kind of tried to fly under the radar. I knew, I knew that people were... I'm comfortable with the idea of a woman who does not want to be married. They think you're supposed to want to be married. And when I would try to explain why I didn't, people would be embarrassed by that. So I, I soft-pedaled it. I stayed under the radar. But then I was diagnosed with stage four gallbladder cancer. And this was in 2011. The survival rate is 2%. And that's for all stages of gallbladder cancer put together. For stage four, the survival rate is essentially zero. I was fortunate to find a surgeon who was willing to operate, which most of them will not. He operated, he got clear margins, he got all of the visible cancer out, and that's what changed the game. But I still needed chemotherapy because since it was diagnosed as stage four metastasized cancer, even though he removed everything that could be seen on a test or a scan, There probably was still, uh, there were microscopic cancer cells circulating. Well, the first medical oncologist I went to for chemotherapy wanted to give me much less than the recommended treatment. He would not give me the recommended treatment because I'm a single woman living alone. And he made no bones about the reason why. He went through this, the conversation went, You have no husband? No. You have no sons? No. You have no daughters? No. You you have no siblings? Whatever? No. Well, I think you should have gemcitabine, which is a relatively mild chemo drug compared to the others. But I knew I was supposed to have that plus a much harsher drug. So I asked him why not the combination. He said, oh, I wouldn't risk the side effects of that with someone in your situation. So I tried to tell him by then I had already had the surgery. So it was not hypothetical that people would take care of me my cousins, uh, my friends, my neighbors, really had been there. I got more support than a lot of married people get. So it was not hypothetical. I knew I had the help. He interrupted me. I was in the middle of a sentence, he simply cut right in, and he would not even consider it. So I moved on to someone else who gave me the appropriate chemo. But that, you can see where it would have stuck in my mind. I was used to a certain amount of background bias but I really never expected to encounter it in a medical situation. I, it had never crossed my mind that my marital status would affect the, literally, what drug a doctor would give me. Now, it does make sense for an oncologist to make sure that someone has social support before they give them. I had a platinum drug called oxaliplatin, which really knocks you for a loop. So it was perfectly reasonable to make sure I had the support to handle it but he couldn't tell the difference between medical necessity and his social bias, that if the support didn't come from a a partner or adult children, then somehow it it didn't exist. So after I recovered, I started doing research to see, was this a one-off thing that just happened to me or is this common? And I found evidence that your marital status in and of itself, is a predictor of whether you will get aggressive cancer care. And the proof was so solid that the New England Journal of Medicine published my findings, and I also published in
0: um, the Washington Post. Wow, that is absolutely mind-blowing that that could happen. It seems to me um, I wouldn't have thought of that until obviously you've you've just told the story, but now it does make sense. You can see how people hold their biases. You expect better, though, from your medical community taking care of you, right? Although, you know, if you think about it,
1: why would we expect that a physician would somehow miraculously be immune yeah. from the culture we live in? Mm-hmm. The culture we live in promotes this idea. So, it, it's of course called implicit bias. I don't, he did not give the impression that he was giving me less. Than the recommended treatment because he doesn't like single people. He thought he was doing the right thing. And that, in answer to your original question, that's what kind of brought me out of the box on this because I realized until those of us who live single by choice become more present, until we become more vocal, until we become more, uh, uh, more out in the society, this kind of stereotype remains unchallenged.
0: So I started, and I feel like I guess you know it would be the same as saying you know that we have obviously we're putting a um, you know a not recognized pressure on people to be in a relationship as well when perhaps they don't want to be. Uh, You know, I think about when I was younger. It was when are you getting married? Uh, Who's your boyfriend? You know, there was no especially when I got to a certain age. The expectation was that they're had to be somebody. So I felt this enormous pressure mm-hmm. to have that somebody in my life. And perhaps if there hadn't have been, my path would have been different, right? So our society does change that for us or push us on, on that way. You
1: just summarized one of the top topics on the Community of Single People Facebook page. People are always writing about how uh, they dread going to their relatives' houses for holidays because the, no matter how clearly they say, I do not want to be married, uh, you know, their aunt is going to bring a guy that she sure is just right for them. And the, the constant, when are you going to get married? Uh, what's even worse is when are you going to grow up and get married? When are you going to settle down and get married? I remember hearing that I was in my fifties. I had a PhD. I had a tenured job. I had been in—I had been in my job by then by about twenty years. It's like how freaking settled can I be? Uh, But if I did didn't have a husband. In fact, I had um, the older members of my family used to send invitations to my parents' house, addressed to my parents and me, when I was like fifty and had not lived home since I was seventeen. But if I didn't have a husband, I wasn't grown up. And believe me, what you just described happened to you. People today are saying that I don't get it as much now because of my age, but people today are saying that on in that Facebook group that there's tremendous pressure to get married. I think what we have now, though, is especially for women, is more viable options that a woman does get established in another life that she's not willing to give up. And despite the pushing, she still is she knows what she wants and she's gonna hang on to it. Right.
0: right. So yeah, cause you know, I think about, you know, getting married again and I think I, I am, I have no interest right now. I really don't. I mean, it's not to say that I'm not interested in having a partner, but um, certainly I, you know, I wouldn't get married if I had to compromise on a lot of things at this point because it's just not going to serve me. Uh, and I've let go of that sort of expectation that I need to be with a partner, right? So when you were doing this research, was there any other uh, things that came up that sort of surprised you about being single? One thing that came up that surprised me, I did uh, research.
1: There's a database called Medline, which indexes all of the legitimate medical journals. So any, any medical journal indexed on Medline is a legitimate uh, source. And what I found at this point, it's over 100. When I published in the New England Journal of Medicine, I think it was 84 articles that I had found in which um, researchers reported data, sometimes on almost a million patients. They were using a big, uh, the National Cancer Institute, which is part of the U.S. government, has a database uh, called SEER, S-E-E-R, and drawing on that database, these researchers were reporting that uh, married people get much more uh, aggressive cancer treatment than single people. They've been reporting that for more than 30 years, and nobody thought that was something they needed to look into. The explanation that they gave was that single people don't want aggressive treatment and would not be able to handle it. When they offered evidence at all, which they rarely did, they cited psychological and sociological studies on the importance of social support, but those studies in some cases did not even mention the word marriage. It was the medical researchers who were assuming that if you have a study showing that social support is important, you have a study showing that marriage is important. And as far as single people not wanting uh, aggressive treatment, some researchers at Harvard, the Mayo Clinic, some other very good places, looked at almost a million patients, and they found that the percent of single patients who declined uh, surgery for cancer was 0.52%. So it's not true that they're declining in large numbers when it's offered. So I was, you know, we're taught to believe in medicine as a kind of scientific pursuit. Mm -hmm. But really, those social biases understandably affect medicine as well. You had these very prominent researchers publishing in very solid medical journals simply stating as a given, single people don't want uh, aggressive treatment. And then when somebody bothered to go look, oh,
0: only 0.52% are declining. Wow. So what do you think the future holds then for for people who are single? Do you think think things are getting better? Do you think as a society we're more accepting of it? Uh, Where do you see this going? I don't think the society has a lot of choice but to be more
1: accepting of it because of just what you were representing. You were talking about Gen X. I tend to see younger adults because of teaching college. So I see college age, graduate school age kids. I think of them as kids, sorry. Young adults. They are not as, they're nowhere near as conditioned as we were to worry about what will people think. And to me, that's wonderful. Because it's one thing to be selfish. You don't want to be selfish. You don't want to be entitled You don't want to do things that harm other people. So if I said I was going to do this interview and then I did not show up, that is not okay. But whether I want a spouse or not is not a matter of majority rule. And it does not affect other people. You do encounter some people who will actually say, as they did with same-sex marriage, they'll say that the value of their heterosexual marriage is somehow decreased if same-sex couples are allowed to marry and you get that same kind of idea with single people that somehow it it diminishes the value of marriage to say that it's just an option and there's something else that's just as good. Well, tough because there is something else that's just as good. So you're
0: just going to have to get used to it. Excellent. I love it. Well, I'm telling you, you've got me, you've got my head rattling around right now thinking about, you know, how, life would be so different for people if we remove these, these pressures uh, from them and, you know, let them grow and, 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 and change as, as their life course takes them as opposed to putting a timeline on when they should maybe be in a relationship. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? I'm at um, Joan Del on Facebook and at Joan Del on um, Twitter wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. you.